We're back with Fort Worth Camera Radio. I think it is episode 13. That's not a good number. It's, uh, don't worry about that. It's a great number for us. And we're happy to have Eric Clapp here today. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing good. Before we, we get into what you, you do, I do want to talk about your Instagram account and no, how funny no. it is. <laughs> okay. And I'm going to try and explain to it, explain it over the, the radio. And you've got lots of pictures of cats. There's a one-eyed cat. There's a cat on some dishes. Yeah, I have uh, a three-legged cat. Okay, tripod. That's a yeah f- photo joke. Right. A lot of pictures of basketball. Yeah, that's a passion. There's a picture of Beavis and Butthead. <sighs> Is that another pa- uh, passion? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's a picture of William Shatner from Airplane 2. A big which passion. Is yeah, he's. I'm passionate. What else do we have? Uh, a lot of old DVDs, which probably were never even seen in the theaters, like the original Punisher movie with <laughs> Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, I'm a bit of a, a cinephile. Okay. Uh, reserved parking for senior citizens. And you say, what if I'm just an old soul in a younger body who's really tired? Well, you have to see the picture for that to, okay. to get the joke. Well, they can see it over this, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> thin special recipe flavor number three pot roast from H-E-B <laughs> well those are potato chips oh pot, pot roast potato chips okay yeah makes yeah. perfect sense now more cats yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a cat wearing somehow like 3D looking glasses Chewbacca in the stands at the finals picture Dixie Dixon Here's a picture of a guy that looks like the Pringles guy. Uh, that's the coach of the Rockets, okay. who was my childhood favorite team, Houston Rockets, and then they got the coach that I hate more than life. Mm. And so I, I take stabs at him on Instagram. There's a lot of potato chip references. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a, I do like chips. Here's Dennis Rodman wearing Make America Great Again hat. And then finally, <laughs> we're going to end on the fall guy, a lunchbox Ooh. from... The early 80s. I remember this one. Greatest show ever. Yeah, it's, it was it was like Colt Seaver, the Fall Guy. So when you were watching the Fall Guy, did you have any sort of ambition to start making movies yourself? Um, that's an odd question, but thanks. Well, that's what we do here. We <laughs> ask odd questions. When I was watching the Fall Guy, I will say one thing. When I did watch the Fall Guy, that was one of the first times I'd ever seen a behind the scenes of anything before. I mean, they kind of revealed that world. Really? Yeah, I remember. Because really, he was I mean, a stunt guy. Stunt yeah. Man. So you saw like lights and props and actors and things like that. So stuntman and bounty hunter. Yeah, well, yeah, he was a bounty hunter as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think I do more aspire to be a bounty hunter <laughs> than a camera operator. Um, but, yeah, yeah, that was that was a great show. Um, and uh, I don't know. I, 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 I liked being – I loved movies. My dad was a big movie fan, and he indoctrinated me with uh, Federico Fellini at a very early age. And How early? Kubrick and stuff I mean, is like that, that why you're twisted and put up weird pretty stuff much, on, our, on your Instagram? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm interested in the obscure and the bizarre, so that's why I have a one-eyed cat and a three-legged cat and other things like that. But, but yeah, those little things, um, all those things inspired me, especially movies, and, and my dad was a photographer, so 
Um, that's, yeah. Let's talk about more about earlier influences because I, I think one of the reasons we have, uh, by the way, welcome to the ambassador program. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I thought you'd be more excited to say yeah. something about that. I'll, I'll try to get more excited. I haven't, you, you have coffee. I didn't get coffee. All right. Well, you, no, but I'm, I'm really excited about it. I, I really appreciate it. I love coming in the store. I've been coming here, my gosh, I don't know. This is like the fourth location? Uh, technically, it is. Okay. Third in Fort Worth, but yeah. Okay. All right. Let's talk more about your influences. I think that's a good way for us to go because you are a filmmaker we're learning the terms to use because we don't do a whole lot of film video cine here at fort worth but we want to and we're growing and we want to learn and that's why you're here to help us learn how would you define first off your job description your job title are you a blank uh password I Another good a, early 80s uh, reference. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely a filmmaker. Um, I'm also a corporate filmmaker as well, so I do a little bit of both. Um, as far as like influences and things like that, I mean, um, like I was saying before, um, you know, filmmakers like Scorsese and Kubrick and all those guys that had unique looks on life, I think, really in influenced me. Um, people that were sort of outside the the norm or the popular thing definitely influenced me. So besides the fall guy, what was your most influential <laughs> filming moment? <laughs> filming, you mean like film or just that I saw or just like yeah, a, yeah, a t moment? TV, oh, cinema. TV. Um, what was I, a good moment for you? I think the my parents took me to see. Um, all the big movies back in the early 80s and 70s and late 70s and so i remember going to the ridgely theater in fort worth a lot as a kid Whoa. and i remember one of the first movies they took me to was king kong with jeff bridges a remake and superman the movie um those those movies just i i remember everything about that experience and i just remember like wow how can i how can i do that and having a dad around with a dark room in the house and taking pictures of constantly and all that stuff. I just was always a part of that. But when I saw movies, I was just like, man, I really want to be, I want to be in that world. I want to be in that screen. And that passion just really kept going on and on and on as I got older. You know, I, I you know, would skip school. I went to Monning Middle School over on Camp Bowie and I would sneak out of metal shop class <laughs> through the trees and I would go to the Western Hills Dollar Theater and, and just see movies and then I would come back later in the day. <laughs> You'd come back to school? I would actually come back, yeah, because I didn't want to get... So you're kind of half a slacker. You still wanted yeah. to be good. Yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to be uh, <laughs> stealth about the whole process. Fast Times at Ridgemont High, a fan? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Probably the first movie that really like stuck in my noggin was Taxi Driver. Ooh. I saw that on VHS when I was... That's heavy duty. Yeah, and well, that was the first time where I saw a movie. I was like, wow, this is, this is uh, profound. Like, this is, this is not just entertainment. This is an art form. I kind of wanted to talk today about early 80s movies, but we can go into something serious like no, Taxi Driver. We can go into anything you want to go in. Watching movies has changed so much. And the other, and I hope, hopefully you have a, a similar story, but I had a cheap movie theater to, to, I could go to when I was a kid by myself 
for cheap. I mean, did you have something like that here? Yeah, the the Western Hills movie theater on Camp Bowie was a dollar theater, a discount theater. So the movies that were already played in first run would go there, and they would play cheap for a dollar. And on Tuesdays, they had 50 Cent Day. Not the rapper, but just 50 Cent. (laughs) 50 Cent did not show up. No. But anyway, uh, I remember one particular 50 Cent Day, they had a double feature of David Cronenberg's The Fly and Aliens, the second Alien movie. And I saw that for both of those for 50 cents, so 25 cents a piece. And those are two classics to me. And I I remember that. I remember seeing those two, and I was just like, wow, this is a really good deal. Game over, man. Game (laughs) over. Game over. And it had Fort Worth's own Bill Paxton in it. Oh, yeah. So there you go. I saw saw Deadpool the other night. Yeah? How much did you pay for that? I think it was like 75 cents. Wow, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. I can remember being I think highly I, upset when I had to pay four bucks to see a movie. Do you remember that? Yeah. 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 I'm pretty I'm pretty, so I guess that's that's the change in the industry I wanted to talk about because I've seen I've I've actually seen two movies recently in theaters and now we have gone from fifty cent movie day to I'm not even gonna say how much the film's the getting in. Eight dollar man name, man. Uh well, it wasn't that, but I had a reclining seat, a giant cup holder, beer. Where was all that back in 1982? There was nowhere. Man. You got like a, a Pepsi in a can and, <laughs> you know, some gummy bears. That was about it. I remember going to the Ridgely a lot, too, on Cambui and seeing all sorts of stuff. And I remember seeing Superman specifically. And I was a little kid. And when Lois Lane, this is spoiler alert, uh, dies in the car, and Superman started crying and screaming. Man, that is a spoiler screen. alert. I don't remember any of that. Yeah, I remember, like as a kid, I had to leave the theater. I was, I had to go in the lobby and compose myself. Like, I can't, I can't see Superman crying in fear. This is too much. And this is what, like last week or something? Yeah. So the death of Lois Lane didn't bother you. It was Superman showing emotion. Yeah, I didn't care about her. Just, I was upset for my friend, my super friend. <laughs> Your friend. <laughs> Yeah, but movie experiences have changed. I'm, I, I do kind of wax nostalgic about that. I, you know, I went to see, um, what's the new horror movie? Solo? Uh, no. <laughs> I actually did see that, and I fell asleep in the first 20 minutes. I woke yeah, up man, I wanted so much for that to be good. Yeah. It was, um, it was, it was good. Was it Hereditary? Or Heredity? or Her- Hereditary, I think. It's a new horror movie. Never heard of it. Well, I went to see that, and there was like three teenage girls sitting next to me. Most of them were on their phone the whole, the whole movie. That just so stupid. That drives me insane. So I miss the days where you walked into a movie theater and it was like a church. As soon as that yeah. lights went out, everyone shut up, silent, show a little respect. Yeah, but you know that's the world we live in. Does it's, it even? It's all. It's all a problem. It's Instagram. I'm going to blame it on Instagram. Uh, you're not far off. Yeah, so I'm canceling my Instagram. <laughs> okay. Well, no, no, no. Don't do that because we've been talking about it so much. All the better reason to cancel it. <laughs> no. Well, that's how we got onto this. We're going down memory lane of those of us who actually grew up in the, the early 80s and whatever. And I'll say another thing. that Do they even do double features anymore? Um, they, and I'm talking they, about... They, like, Main, main, you know, mainstream yeah. theaters. I don't think so. I know repertory theaters do, like Texas Theater 
and hmm. Dallas does, and um, the uh, you know L.A. theaters, a lot of those repertory theaters, they do double features. So a lot of exploitation movies get the double feature treatment still. <laughs> nice. You didn't make any movie a double feature. You just hang around when yours is done and go to the other theater. Well, there was a theater. It was, I think it was the, off of Hewlin. It used to be an AMC. I think it's still there. They used, they had a contract with Roger Corman, the B-movie producer. Because wasn't he from here? No, no, no. He was, he's from oh. LA, but. Scratch that, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> but they had a contract with him and every Friday they would show a Roger Corman movie. So it would be some movie with David Carradine in the desert, like fighting zombies or, you know, the terror within or you know beach bimbos or something and i would go see all uh-huh. those i'm listening because it was just like american ninja or just something really goofy and i remember seeing watching all those and you know now those are relegated to you know deep in the itunes category or something now pop quiz go for it cannonball run one or two <laughs> well one of course Okay, Jackie Chan's in both of them. So. Oh yeah, and he plays a Japanese guy. No, because he's not Japanese. That's <laughs> my favorite one is from Two when uh, Frank Sinatra actually comes on board to talk to uh, Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr. He rolls up in it like a Dodge Daytona or something, and apparently that was his favorite car he ever had—a Dodge, Dodge Daytona. Daytona. Apparently that was like badass for back then or something. That's interesting. I did not. Did you know that there's a third Cannonball Run? Yeah, it's called like Speed Trap or something. Speed, speed Zone or something. Speed Zone. <laughs> so bad. Um. Gosh, let's riff on Cannonball Run for a moment. Jamie Farr is the Sheik. That's pretty funny. Yeah. The, theme song, the theme song is just Chuck Mangione. Crap. Yeah. Chuck Mangione, flugelhornist. Cannonball. Like like me. Well, not that one. Talk about the Cannonball Run theme at the beginning. Cannonball. Yeah. Cannonball. Yeah. <laughs> Anything with Dom DeLuise. Man, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Captain Chaos. Captain Chaos, that's right. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure this is going to turn into like a greatest hits uh, podcast of just... Sound bites? Mash. Yes. Yeah, we could do movies all day. I think we should turn it into that. You could come over to my house. Movie chat go, with Eric just, Clapp. Just go through my Spin-off. collection and just start going through it. I wonder if we can, like, we, we got to get a whole stack of DVDs and have movie night here. Mm-hmm. Hopefully no one's listening from. It would be like our own little version of Mystery Science Theater, you know. Oh, yeah. I used to, I used to host a Kung Fu night at my house in the backyard with a big pull-down screen. We would watch whatever new Kung Fu movies came out from Hong Kong. I would track them down. But we don't do that anymore. <laughs> well, we should start doing that here. Yeah. Okay, another movie. Uh, it's coming to me. History of the World Part 1. Yeah, it's too bad they never made a Part 2. Yeah, but you know what the crazy part about that is? Is that you can't get it anywhere. It's not on Netflix, iTunes, Amazon. You can't watch it. It's not on, like blu-ray or anything like that i mean i guess you could buy it but i haven't been able to find it and i think that's one of the funniest things ever and it's just not to be you know what i'm talking about i know what you're talking about i mean i guess it kind of speaks to what the rest of the world thinks of your taste in movies i guess yeah. i think more, it's brilliant i'm more of a young frankenstein 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 <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but tell me more about your style because we weren't really able to pinpoint it in our discussion ahead of time. But before we do that, speaking of another black and white film that you've you've produced, um, I met you uh, before and during our kind of red carpet event here at Fort Worth Camera featuring Dixie Dixon and Kathy Ireland, mm-hmm. where we kind of flipped this whole store, reposted it, moved everything, turned it into kind of a, a very swanky Hollywood style um, soiree, an event to benefit Kathy's foundations and also to celebrate Dixie's uh, unveiling of uh, some images of Kathy. It was a fantastic event, and you were one of two people that captured it very well in um, a little sizzle reel, if you can call it that. And ultimately, it um, featured Dixie's book on photography. All black and white, all bullet-pointed, featured the store very well, I thought. So thank you. And, I mean, that's definitely a, um, it was essentially a music video. How much of that actually plays into your existing day-to-day work where, gosh, I'll admit, I don't have a good question for you. <laughs> uh, I, I got you. No, no, it was I good. Know where you're going. I know you're going. Okay, you. thank you. Um, I'm glad you do. Yeah, so that style that I did for uh, the store here um, is pretty similar to what I do on a day-to-day basis. I mean, we don't tend to focus too much on event stuff, but we do it from time to time. But um, Dixie I've worked with for, I don't know, maybe six or seven years now. Mm -hmm. Um, And her style obviously is is fashion and and all that kind of uh, stuff. And that's pretty much exclusively what she does, lifestyle, stuff like that. And so she likes a quick pace, uh, fast pace, loose quick fun smiles nobody looking down or anything like that quick pacing and so um i use that style on quite a few things um in my everyday style just because uh it works you know it the shots shouldn't last too long um you got to get to the point uh, move on and uh show more excitement more fun and just boom 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 so that's more of a pacing thing and I, I shoot I drive other my second camera guys crazy because I I just insist more coverage keep shooting keep shooting keep shooting don't ever stop you know just keep shooting so in almost exact contrast to that piece of footage which by the way you can see on our YouTube page and I'm sure you can see at other locations that Eric hosts namely uh, your uh, Instagram page which is e R-I-K-C-L-A-P-P on Instagram. Did you get a website you'd like to drop? Yeah. Um, you can go to ecfilms.net, and you can also go to ericclap.com. They go to the same thing. Cool. Now, in contrast to the Dixie Dixon video, your submission to our Fort Worth Focus Film Festival during the Fort Worth Photo Fest, uh, and yes, that's a lot of Fs. It's uh, That's by design. It was across the street of the IMAX theater. You had a piece. Um, well, you, you tell me about it, but I'll, I'll, I'll preface it by saying it was the pace was completely the opposite to enhance and really describe what the subject matter was. Uh, Eamon Carter commissioned me to do a uh, documentary on an installation that they the were, museum. Yeah, Amy, the museum. Yeah. Yeah, Eamon Carter 
um, museum. And they commissioned me to do this documentary on an artist named Gabriel Daw, who was making this huge rainbow in their atrium made out of sewing thread. And it was going to take two weeks. And when they told me that they wanted me to, like, <laughs> record this and document it, there wasn't really a plan in place. They just wanted footage of it, but they did want to make something out of it. And so we just started to go, started to go there every day and just started to film. And it was a very slow process. It was monotonous, very much the opposite of what we were talking about before. And through that monotony, we sort of found a pace and a story and a structure. And uh, that film was basically made organically as we were going through it. And uh, it, I think it turned out pretty well. There's a long version and a short version that they actually show in the museum every day. You know, as people walk in, they can watch the video and look up and see the actual installation. Your submission was beautiful. It was Thank you. really, really not only the entertaining, but the colors, the imagery, the the, the focus pulling. Is that I mean, and yeah. help me out if that's the right term. Yeah, yeah. Or like you were intentionally pulling things in and out of focus because that's what it looks. Like. It looks like a giant. Well, it's like a loom mm -hmm. with all these threads going back and forth, and just in a, and a layered out in the form of a rainbow. Yeah, it that was, was that was my favorite piece of the whole thing. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, I I don't know how many ways there are to make hanging thread look cool, but you totally pulled it off. I mean, it was <laughs> it was really captivating. That's yeah, the I, word. I didn't know that we were making it look cool at the time, but it 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 turned out we had so much footage. I mean, it was ridiculous. It was impressive. Thank you. How long did that take to boil it down? It actually wasn't too bad. That one edited, I, mean, I should say. Yeah, the editing wasn't too bad. Um, you know, I think I've had a first cut of like 20 minutes, and then I got it down to like 10, and then I, we screened it for the staff there, and they all loved it. And I said, "Well, I said obviously we need to get this down to five minutes for consumption," and they said, "No, don't touch it. Don't touch it. We just want this as is, and then you can do a short version for web, but we want to keep this version separate." That's and it was you know as far as like the time it took I don't know maybe two or three weeks just off and on going back and forth. Before we get to the next question, pop quiz: name another favorite movie from the early eighties. From the early oh Fletch. Oh Chase. yes. Put uh, it on the Underhill tab. What? Put it on the Underhill tab. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Underhill. Yeah, oh my god, that's so funny. I'll have a steak sandwich and, and a steak, steak sandwich. sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> John Cocktoasting. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Ted Nugent. What are you working on right now? Uh, too many things right now. Um, Catchy title. Yeah. <laughs> I think we have about a dozen or so things we're currently shooting, editing all at once. Um, but the, the one of the main things I'm really like excited about working on, uh, Eamon Carter commissioned me to do another documentary um, on Mark Dion, who's a installation artist. And he's doing another. Uh, he's doing a piece for them, and it's a documentary that we're going to be working on into 2021, 2020. So we've been filming it um, this summer, and we go to El Paso a couple. Of, I, mean, I guess next month, and we'll be filming some wow. more. So it won't be done till like 2020, late 2020. Tell me about your gear. What are you shooting with? Um, I mainly shoot with Canon stuff, um, and that's not because I'm a big Canon fanboy. Um, I started off with a camera that I actually got here, which was a T2i. Really? Back in the day. And um, 
that's what I film a lot of stuff on. And then I sort of advanced to the 5D, and then I moved up to the C300. And right now I shoot on the C300 Mark II. But we also use other stuff. I mean, uh, we have a 1DX Mark II. Um, you know, we have a Blackmagic camera that we use from time to time. Um, you keep saying we. Oh, uh, my production company, EC Films. Okay. Um, it's myself and another person, and we have probably about six or seven guys and girls that we all work with, different crew and stuff like that. So, so tell me more about the concept of shooting video. Excuse me. What's the right word to use? We said filmmaking before. Yeah. It sounds better than video making. Sounds classier. So that's what I said. That's what we said before, too. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a higher... <laughs> Trying to class up this joint, you know? Anyway, so back to video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back to the video. What is, for someone who's kind of just getting established, what's the benefit of using a so-called true cinematic camera, a dedicated video camera versus shooting with an SLR? What are the... Let's start with the disadvantages of shooting with a DSLR. Just for okay. the sake of argument. Um, I would say the main disadvantage of shooting with a DSLR for me is uh, a lot of um, things that you would find in a traditional video camera like internal ND filters, um, audio capabilities. That can be a bit of a pain even though the DSLRs have all that. As far as audio goes, you still have to run through hoops to get XLR cables in and professional things in, things like that. So you you basically, with a DSLR, you have to add more things to your camera to make it work the way you want it to. Now, the benefits of an SLR shooting? Uh, I'd say the benefits, um, you know, I mean, you can do so much more with a DSLR, like, you know, photos, for for instance, time-lapse. Um, things like that. Um, I did a lot of time-lapse photography um, back in the day, and so I loved that part of being able to just switch gears, go from photo to to video. And if you have a video camera, you can't go from video to photo, obviously. So that's something that I love the versatility of it. I love to be able to just switch back and forth between being a photographer and a, and a videographer. Okay, so drop drop a name of someone you find either famous, fascinating, influential that you've been able to work with? I would say as far as like someone like around here that I've gotten to, to, to work with, um, Bobby Wygan at NBC5. Oh, um, yeah. Um, she was my, she's still my boss as far as I'm concerned. She's in her 90s now. And uh, when I first interviewed with her, I thought this was a joke. I thought she was kind of like light on movies as a critic and you know of course I was critical of that but once I got to work with her I found out how hard she worked and her dedication and she's still working she's been working for 65 plus years wow I mean it's just unbelievable and so for me that was she's probably my biggest influence as far as like in the business that I've worked with and still work with I mean I she she could she, when I was a twenty year old intern at NBC she could work me under the table when she was in her you know seventies. And every time I feel tired on set or anything, I just think uh, I just I just think about Bobby and I just keep going. You know what I'm thinking about right now? What's that? Your Instagram page. Oh no. 
It's still, uh, I mean, I'm, there's <laughs> a picture of a G.I. Joe. There's Hannibal from the A-Team. Uh, I pity the fool. Don't look at my Instagram page. Yeah, here's the Super Friends. Oh, yeah. That, that, now, that's, <laughs> that's a big influence on me is the Super Friends. <laughs> yeah, Saturday, okay. Saturday mornings, yeah. Hall of I, Justice. Hall of Justice. Um, big, big P1 of the uh, Indian Chief. <laughs> Where all he could do is just get he, big. He'd get big. He just that was his superpower. Yeah, but he had to say something like "Shinny Nahayako." <laughs> I always kind of dug the Wonder Twins, and I, I don't know know why the Wonder Twins don't make it back into the the, well, the later versions of these you know cartoon movies that we're seeing. Now. Is it the there was the Wonder Twins, and then there was also like they had another set of Wonder Twins. Remember, they changed them out. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm looking at right now. Form of an iceberg. Yeah, so that was the, the twins. And they yeah, they were the one, the Wonder Twins. But then there's they had that little monkey. There's these guys. There's like some weird little guy, and you got to check out his Instagram. So there's the original Super Friends, apparently from 1973. It says uh, there's like some guy who looks like Shaggy with a cape, and some yeah. little Hotsy Totsy number with bell bottoms, and a dog with a cape. That was Wonder Mutt. Of course it was. Then there's this, a blue monkey. That's Gleek. Of course. Super Friends, we could go all day. <laughs> okay. Well, we can't. The folks listening are just going to have to check out your Instagram page and get inspired that way. Because they're checking out right now is what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. You can check out my new Super Friends podcast. <laughs> okay. We'll have to change it up. Anyway. Final question. Eric Clapp. Does Fort Worth ever cross your mind? Yeah, I live here. Um... Yeah, do, you, do you get do you get get the reference? I do. Okay, George George Strait. It's a song. Yeah, I, I get it. Um, Tell us about Fort Worth and what it means to you. Well, Fort Worth means a lot to me. Um, and and as we're getting sentimental, get closer yeah. to the microphone so oh, people can I'm hear sorry. you. It's all right. You, you need to have chairs without wheels. I keep rolling back. We're, we're getting there, man. Okay. I'm sorry. Upgrades here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Fort Worth means a lot to me. I mean, obviously, I grew up here, so it means a lot to me, and. Um, uh, I love filming here. I love shooting here. It's just, uh, it's a beautiful city. It's a small city. I kind of hate that it's getting a little bit too big. People like me coming in, invading from yeah, California. Invaders, yeah, Californians. Yeah. Um, but it's still, it still means a lot to me. Um, I mean, I, my whole family, you know, was here at one point, and so it, it means a lot to me. I still have a lot of memories here. I like making new memories here. Um, I love to have all the friends that, that come here. Um, I mean, it, you know, whenever I go to Dallas, I always hate gigs in Dallas because, like, oh, i got to go to Dallas, you know. Is there anybody ever... in Fort Worth who doesn't feel like that? Probably not. That's a weird phenomenon, too. Yeah, but the other weird phenomenon is everybody in Dallas feels the same way. They'd rather come to Fort Worth. Yeah, that's true, too. <laughs> they I've, don't I've have the animosity that. towards Fort Worth. Yeah. But we have the animosity towards, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a weird thing. Well, it's it's a condescension is what it is. Yeah, yeah but they want to be over here too. Yeah. And also too, I do a lot of work for Visit Fort Worth. They're my main client. And so, <gasps> you know, I do all the tourism stuff. And um, so being able to have that cap in my feather is really cool. I consider that an honor. Or feather in your cap for that matter. Yeah. I like to reverse it up. Anyway, thanks for listening to Fort Worth Camera Radio, where we talk only about photography and cinematography. <laughs> thanks for joining us, man. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. See you later.
This podcast has been a presentation of Fort Worth Camera with locations in Fort Worth, Texas and Grapevine, Texas. The engineer is Greg Woods. I'm your host, Mackenzie Hughes. Please visit us at fortworthcamera.com or fortworthphotofest.com. And be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram.